Welcome home. You're listening to 180 Church Podcast. Today's sermon is given by Pastor Billy Kim, Director of Communications at 180 Church and Chaplain at NYU. All right, so how many of you guys ever felt the temptation to quit something before, right? Yeah, I think all of us have, like, quit the gym, uh, quit school, uh, quit your job, and I'm sure that's something that many of you guys contemplate almost every day. Uh, So last week, I was actually with Josh, and I almost got him to quit basketball. Now, for some of you guys, you might be wondering, peeps, like, what the heck did you do to try to get Josh to quit something that he really, really loves. I played defense. Now, what I mean by that, and I want to give you guys some context, is that every time um, I, uh, I visit Dr. Sammy and P. Litt's house, uh, for whether it's staff meetings or whatever, they actually have a small basketball hoop inside, and Josh would always want to challenge me and play one-on-one. And so because he's really young, um, I can never win, not because I I, I, I let him win is because he always constantly cheats. Um, but this summer was a little bit different because he actually started uh, play, go, uh, he actually went to a basketball camp. He actually learned the rules of the game and he actually really improved in his skills. It was really interesting because he was dribbling like Kyrie Irving, he was shooting like Stephen Curry, um, and it was pretty impressive. So when I came last week, uh, I think he wanted to show off his improved skills and actually beat me. And mind you, like, I just want to give you a warning. Like, if you ever play basketball with Josh, he definitely is his father's son. Because that dude trash talks like no tomorrow. Like, every time I would shoot the ball, and I, and, and I missed, and I missed a lot, pretty much he would call me a scrub. He didn't really, like, in his sixth or seventh uh, grade, not grade, uh, age, like, vernacular he didn't literally call me a scrub but pretty much that was equivalent to it and so he would talk so much trash and you know me being who I am and being a good pastor I decided you know what maybe I should play a little bit more defense so when you when we were playing basketball and I was playing defense I started blocking his shots you know I did this <laughs> um, so and every time he double dribbled I called it and every time he would fall, fall on the floor pretending that I fouled him, I just called him LeBron James. I was like, yo, don't be like LeBron James. Don't flop. And for the first time, um, I actually beat him. Or you know, I would say that he actually lost. And it was really interesting because when, I, or when he lost, you could just see a devastation in his face. Right? And it, it, it was a look of like, wow, I really improved. I, I know I'm getting better in basketball. But why couldn't I beat Peeves? You know, why is it so hard? Right? And, and, and he was just like, I don't want to play anymore. I want to quit. I don't want to play a rematch. I don't want to do anything. And then Pastor Lydia and Dr. Sammy had to like, give him a talk afterwards. But um, I share this story because I think that's actually a book, good picture where I believe many of us find ourselves in when it actually comes to hardships and difficulties in our lives. You know, I think a lot of times when we go walk in life and faith, um, and we're trying to improve and we're trying to move forward and there's some, there's some kind of obstacle or some type of hardship that comes into our lives, a lot of times we wonder why it gets so hard, it gets so difficult. And I think a lot of times we just want to just quit. 
And to be honest with you, I think personally for myself, I, I, I see that often time and time again, more than I care to admit. Even as a pastor, there were many times where I just felt like I just wanted to just like stop because I felt so discouraged. You know, at 23, just to share a little bit um, uh, of, of just few experiences, like at 23, I actually wanted to quit 180 Fellowship. I wanted to quit college ministry because for a whole year, I only had one person that was coming in, and that was very discouraging. You know, at 26, I actually really wanted to quit ministry itself, you know, because it was not what I expected. It is not what life, uh, what, what I wanted life to be like. I, was, I guess I was hitting my quarter-life crisis in that way, and I was just complaining to God, like, God, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? And I'm sure for many of you guys, you guys can relate me relate with me in, the, in those feelings in that, in that moment where, where things just get so hard um, and when we face difficulties and obstacles, we just want to give up. And today, that's what I actually want to talk about. I want to talk about those hardships and those difficulties because I believe for many of us, the reason why we feel those things and we struggle with those, um, those, uh, those, uh, those feelings in those moments is because we really have a, a really poor distortion and I want to look into what Jesus has to say, what God has to say to, bring, to illuminate and give us perspective in that. But before I go in, um, I, I kind of want to share this quote by Teddy Roosevelt. And I think, it's, I think it's a great quote, and I think it could also help us give us perspective too. And he says this, he goes, Nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, and difficulty. I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. I have envied a great many people who led difficult lives and led them well. And you know, when I read this quote, I knew that to be true. You know, you look at people that have done some transcending things and some amazing things in, in our world that actually truly adds value, and they always experience some type of opposition or resistance. You know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, both experienced resistance and great opposition because they were fighting for something that was uh, worthy to fight for. You know, you look at people in scripture, the characters in scripture, and all of them always had some type of opposition or difficulty because they were fighting and pursuing something that was actually worthy. And for all of us here, right, who are wrestling through our faith or trying to uh, move towards God's mission, because that's the series that we're in right now, right? We're in, uh, talking about the series on the Holy Spirit, about talking about God's mission and moving toward that direction. And it's a worthy cause. I think for a lot of us, when we see that, we experience a lot of opposition and hardship, but it is a worthy cause to actually look forward to and to fight for and to discover. And that's what I actually want to talk about today. You know, what do we do when we experience hardships and difficulties in our lives as we're pursuing and moving towards that God's direction and mission? You know, what do we do when we experience discouragement in our lives and how do we, how do we stand strong in the midst of that resistance? And we're going to go into Philippians 1 and we're going to figure how to answer that question. Now, to give you context about Philippians 1, um, the Church of Philippi was also experiencing something that's very similar uh, to many of us in terms of hardships and resistance. And like many of us that we have felt at one point or another, they felt like giving up. Now, why did they want to give up? Well, because 
um, they were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. The emperor made a decree where they said that every Roman citizen must give allegiance to the emperor. And if you don't, you are going to get persecuted, arrested, and um, eventually executed in that way. And what's actually, what makes the, uh, the Church of Philippi more problematic in the, way, in, in the place that they were in is that they're in the environment and in, um, in the situation where it, the, the place of Philippi was actually uh, residing in a Roman colony. Meaning that the, it was saturated and full of Roman soldiers. So there was high sense of patriotism in there. So if you're a Christian, right, that has your allegiance to Christ and you're, calling, you're, you're saying that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and the emperor has made a decree in an environment where all these Roman soldiers have this high sense of nationalism and patriotism, I'm sure they were feeling really, really scared. Like any false move or any dangerous move will actually bring them to a place where they could actually get arrested. And so this is why they're feeling so overwhelmed. This is why they're feeling so scared and they're almost feeling discouraged and we're like, I don't know if I want to do this. And in the midst of all this that's going on and all the situation that's actually happening, this is why Paul is writing this, uh, this letter. And in fact, I would actually add to that and what makes this uh, letter so actually interesting is that when Paul is actually writing this letter, he's actually writing in jail. Meaning that he himself, who's writing this thing, and I want to give you context of that before we go into the passage, uh, he's, he's in chains, he's arrested himself, um, and he's writing in response of this opposition, resistance, and hardship that he himself is facing as well as the Church of Philippi. Right? And so this is what he says. He goes, verse 2 says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. Do you see the tone in this, uh, in this passage that, that Paul is writing? In the midst of all this hardship and persecution and resistance, this dude is optimistic. You know any optimistic people in your life? Me. <laughs> Someone put to me. Yes, I am very optimistic. I will share a story about that. But I know for many of you, uh, how many pessimists here? Right? Raise your hand. Yeah. Right? When you're a pessimist, when you're around optimists, you're just like, yo, you, you guys are annoying. Right? <laughs> like the cynical people are like, oh, how are you seeing the bright side of things? Like, this is what's going on right now. Paul is speaking with so much joy, so much optimism, so much faith. And you're wondering why. why? How is he so, so excited? Why is he so full of joy, even though there's so much pain and hardship internally and externally, right? Is he going crazy? Is he delusional? Is he a masochist? Like, what's going on here? And if you actually look within everything that's going on, Paul actually had a proper perspective of what's going on with the hardships and difficulties in his life. Because he knew that even in the midst of everything that was going on, God was still working and moving. In fact, even in this jail right now, God, uh, God was using Paul to preach the gospel. And for him, he knew that God was even moving in the midst of every, all the problematic things that were going on. I'll give you an example of that. So this happened recently um, in the Day in the Sun potluck. Um, how many of you guys? How many of you guys were there? Right? It was great, right? 
Oh, come on. You got to be more excited than that. How, how was the day of the Sun Power Road? All right, awesome. Yeah, the food was really good. The food was really delicious. I love the food. And usually that's often the highlight of what the day in the sun potluck was, right? But um, for me personally, what I found so interesting and more exciting about the, the potluck was not the food, but it was actually the rain, right? Uh, so for those who weren't there, when we did our event in June, um, it, was, it was bright, it was sunny, we were, we were having uh, our event, and then in the middle of what was going on, uh, of all the activity and the food that we were eating, it started to rain. I don't know, it just came out of the blue, like literally in ten, like, like five to 10 minutes, right? And, and it wasn't just one of those droplet rains, you know, it wasn't just one of those sun showers, like it was pouring. Like it was pouring to a point where People were started scattering. People were hiding in the bathroom. It was even to a point where, I mean, this was really smart. I mean, our church, our church was really bright. You know, like we took the tarp and we just covered it and used that kind of an umbrella. And there was like 15 to 20 people underneath like four or five tarps, right? And we were just huddling together and trying to put, uh, cover from the rain. And I remember going in one of the tarps and I was looking at all this and I was like, wow. This is really awesome, that optimism that came in, right? And then when I said that, there was this one, uh, one girl in our church that, re uh, that recently been coming to our church, and she gave me this really intense look. And I knew it was an intense look because usually this girl comes in very poised, composed, you know, like the typical Texas girl like attitude that she's in. I won't, name, I won't tell you who it is. I'll just leave it for you to decide. But when I say, wow, this is, a, this is amazing, all that Southern charm just disappeared. And he goes, no, 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 no. Peeves, how can you say that this is amazing? How can you say that this is great? Everybody is so wet right now. You know, this is awful. The food is... The food, is the food has spoiled. We can't even eat the food. This is terrible. And then I, I, and I responded, to, responded to it. I was like, yeah, that's true. But first, look at Dr. Sammy. He, he saved the cake. <laughs> Somehow he figured out how to save the cake and went inside the tent. But, it was, but not only did he save the cake, and, and he started sharing the food. And, and it was cool because I said, like, look, it's amazing to see that even in the midst of this bad stuff that the rain is going on, people are actually cuddling together and, and rubbing skins with one another with people that they would never have expected to actually meet. You know, people are interacting with one another that they would never usually talk to. And it's actually creating a, an awesome, wonderful experience that people have never expected. And it's gonna be a wonderful memory. She looked at me, he's like, how do you keep doing that? Right, like how do you look at the brighter side of things? I was like, dude, I, I think this is something that God is working in. And, 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 and that's the truth, guys. And this is the perspective that I, I would like you guys to have when it comes to hardships and difficulties and sometimes the resistance in our lives that even in the midst of all those things that are happening, God is still working. And the reason why I want to say that to you, and I kind of want to stop there for a minute because I know for many, for some of us here, I think that's something that is something that we need to really sit in and be reminded of, that in the difficulties and the hardships that we're going through as we're choosing and moving towards God's direction, that 
um, and you're feeling the, the pushback in your, in your life and what you're feeling, that you have to know that God is actually working. You know, and for, and for some of us here that are trying to just reclaim our faith again, you know, you've been dodging God for some reason, you know, for a while, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to crawl back into uh, your relationship with God, and you're trying to figure out what that is and what that means for your life, and you're, you're wrestling with many, you know, tensions in your life, I just want to let you know that God is working in that. And even the places, for those of you guys that are seeking and discovering God, and you're wrestling through what that means, and you're wondering if God is real, and, and you have all these questions and doubts, and, um, and, and you have all these like confusing thoughts of what's going on, I just want to let you know that God is actually working in that as well. The reason why I say this is because the truth is, guys, there is um, a thing called the devil. There is a thing called an evil one. And his job and his role is to actually kill, steal, and destroy. And he will do whatever he can and do whatever he can to keep you from actually living out the, the, the gospel that Jesus has for you. That his role in the enemy it will to do whatever he can in your life to create discouragement and, and question who you are and your worth where you will just settle and give up. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there are some of us here Right, that are in the mission, and they're living for in that direction where God wants you to, and you're and you're going for God's dreams in your life, and you're going towards God's vision in your life, and and you're fighting for that, and you're pursuing that, and you're trying to live out for that, but you're hearing this criticism and this pushback uh, in your life, and you and you're wondering, is it worth it? Is it worth trying to actually go for it? Because there's a whisper in your voice that said, "Don't even bother." It, you you. Don't even bother. It's, it's not worth fighting for. Why don't you just settle and give up? You know, I, I want to share this story with you, especially for, for those guys that are feeling like that right now. Because, um, and this is a secular example where it's a story about Jack Ma, and I, and I heard this story, which, was, which I found to be really interesting. Because before he was um, the Jack Ma Alibaba, and, uh, and he was trying to pitch that with his family and his friends, and he tried to, uh, like get people to be involved in that vision, uh, no one really actually supported him the first time. When he shared the vision of e-commerce and, and doing something for the Chinese internet in that way and just set up shop, the criticism and the, the resistance that he got was, Jack, you finally got to be uh, a, a teacher and you're actually making money, at least money now. Don't quit your day job. You know, don't bother. You don't even know what e-commerce is. You don't even know the internet. You know, and thank God he didn't actually listen to them because now I think he's actually worth $36 billion. You know, and uh, I share that because I saw that similar criticism even in my own life because when I wanted to, when, I, when Dr. Sammy and Pilar uh, invited me um, into their church, they, they invited me to be part of their church plant called 180. And when I told my parents, and they are God-loving parents, they were saying, Billy, you are crazy. You are naive. You are being stupid. And in hindsight, in a way, it was kind of true. I am a little bit of those three. But um, they were saying to me, and they were protesting, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing something that's uh, like this, where you could actually go to another denomination 
where they have a lot of funding, you know, where they could give you health insurance, right? They give you a nice pension. Why don't you do something that's actually quite safe? And what they didn't know and what they didn't really understand is that I felt this calling and this, this, this propensity to join them to create a church for people like me. And they didn't understand that. And even that criticism, even to my, uh, to, in my parents' words, and even though they were, they were God-giving and they were God-loving, um, and they were being wonderful parents, because the truth is, what parents would want to see their kids suffer, right? That's what was going on. But they couldn't really see that this was something that God really wanted to do and move in, in, in my life. And the reason why I want to share that, because there are going to be times for, for many of us when we're pursuing a worthy goal, especially God's mission in our lives, where there will be opposition and resistance in our lives. And it, could, and it comes in many forms that's going to want us to try to settle. And it's going to want, to, want us to actually uh, quit. And to want us to make us go to the easy road. But and as followers of Christ, any, the road to actually live on our faith is not just to live in comfort, but is actually really to count. And to pursue that and to move in that and to live in that will always come, will, will always come with some type of opposition and resistance. And that's something that we need to expect. But if you're feeling like that and you're going to that, I would just want to let you know that if you're heading towards God, and you're feeling that opposition, most likely, and definitely most likely, then you're actually going towards God's direction. And I want to share this to some of you guys that have been wrestling with faith, because I know for some of us that are struggling with faith and wrestling with faith, we're hearing those voices of criticism and those doubts to, to say to quit. You know, you know you, you've been struggling and you're coming back to God, and you hear these voices and you're like, like why even bother trying again? You know, why even bother, like, trying to do it? You're going to mess up again. People are, like, like you're going to disappoint God again. You're going to go into your mistakes again. And I just want to let you know, if that's you, that is not from God. That is from the enemy. And, that makes, and um, the, the enemy will do whatever it can to make you feel so unworthy and invaluable. Um, in your life and want to stop you from actually reaching who God is and your potential in your life. And if that's something that you're going through, I want to remind you guys about the good news of the gospel because Jesus Christ came to die for you and me, not because we are great, but because he is great. And because there is so much, and because of what he did on the cross, he sees us as so valuable and so important and, he, and so precious that he would die for us. And if that's you and that's what you're going through and that's what you're wrestling through right now, I just want to encourage you to keep fighting forward, to move forward into the places and, the, and in the wrestling parts that God is working in your life and to keep moving forward and fighting for what God wants for your life because um, it is worth it. And for some of us here that, once again, that is seeking and wondering and, and discovering God and you're, you're wrestling with the truth of God. Right? And you know, as you're pursuing that truth, you're getting all these thoughts and doubts, and you're like, what is my family going to think? Man, what are my friends going to think that I'm going to church? What is all this going on? What's, like, what is going to be for me? And I just want to encourage you guys that if that's you and that's what you're seeking and, and, you're, and, and what you're, you're wrestling through and you're doubting, I would say keep pursuing in that truth. Because at worst, 
if you're looking at God's truth, uh, you're pursuing the truth, and it's not for you, then at least you know that it is. It's not for you. But, at, but if it is, and if it's real, and it's true, and if it's something that, that it's like an, an eternal significance, it changes everything about you. And it's worth pursuing and it's worth discovering. So I would encourage you guys to keep moving in that because God is working and God wants to work in your life. So the question is, how do, what do we do when we rest, uh, go through resistance? Um, what do we do when we're facing hardships in our lives? Is this. Recognize that the great mission will always come with opposition. And so the question I have for you guys is this, is where do you feel like you're give, uh, where you want to give up today? What is that worthy pursuit of God's truth, God's mission, God's love that he has for you, where you're feeling discouragement and resistance right now? And I pray that the Holy Spirit would actually show you and have God really speak to you and remind you of those things, about, uh, about fighting for those things. So that's the first part. We'll go to the second part. And Philippians uh, 1 verse 6 says this, saying, being confident of this, that he who began a good, good work in you will carry it on to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. You know, here Paul talks about a confidence. How many people are confident here? <laughs> Some of us, no one really raised their hands, it's quite true. Most of us are either overconfident or very timid. <laughs> to tell you the truth, dude, I am not confident. I am very insecure. Let me tell you that every time I come up here, I feel super, super insecure when I come up here. People, Danny would always, Danny knows when I'm preaching. Some people know that I'm preaching because I'm always pacing back and forth. It's not because of what I dress. It's how I pack, move back and forth, and they're like, oh, Pete, you're preaching today? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to tell you the truth, to be honest with you, for me, I feel, I constantly feel very insecure when I come up here. Because I don't, uh, I, I'm afraid that I might miss something. I for, forget I might say something wrong and stupid. I might pull a peevism, and if you don't know what a peevism is, is when I switch words around. And I'm always constantly worried about those things, right? And it's so interesting because here Paul talks about a confidence, and and the and the the definition of this kind of confidence or this attitude of confidence is this immense assurance, right? It's this like this anchor that he has, and it's, the, it's a confidence that says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. Meaning that Paul has this insane confidence, this real assurance that whatever is going on with the church of Philippi and its hardships and their difficulty and their resistance, that for some reason that they will come to a place where they will be completed. And this completion... Um, is an actually, uh, I would say it's a better word to say that it's called a flourishing finish. Meaning that what he's saying, and that's in the message version, meaning that he's saying that he is confident that there's a God, the God, the God that is working within, in each and every one of us will have this uh, flourishing finish in our lives, and he's, he believes it un, like without a doubt. And when I look at this, I'm like, how the heck he has this confidence? Like, where does that confidence come from? Is it the confidence from the fact that these people in the Church of Philippi are, are special? Are they, like, unique and different from the rest? Like, what makes Paul so confident that 
um, as they're going through these hardships and they're feeling this type of anxiety and uncertainty and discouragement that there would be um, a place where they would actually thrive and not just limp and survive, right? So where's that confidence coming from? Well, there's actually a story behind the story in this. So be, um, originally and actually in Acts 16, when Paul, before Paul met the church of Philippi, and in his second missionary journey, he was actually supposed to go somewhere else. Like, um, in his second missionary journey, he was supposed to go um, toward the east in Asia, called a place called Bithia. But for various reasons, as he tried to keep going towards the east, towards Asia, for some reason, God didn't want him to go there. Um, and he called God, I mean, he called Paul to go all the way to, to the west. And in that west is Philippi. Now, Philippi is in Europe. So he brought him from the east to the west. For some reason, he went there. And in that journey of going toward to the west, right, toward the church of Philippi, he actually bumped into someone named Lydia. Not Pastor Lydia, but, someone, but that, I think that's where she got her name from, Lydia. And she was, um, she was a businesswoman, right? Um, and she, she, she got introduced to Paul, and the first person that he meets was Lydia, and then she actually gives her life to Christ. And then in her life, after she gave her life to Christ, like the whole, her whole household gave her life to Christ. And then immediately after that, for some reason, Paul goes to jail. And he goes to jail, there's a crazy earthquake, um, and the jailer in that cell is about to kill himself, and Paul goes, wait, chill out. Like, don't kill yourself. Um, I'm here, I'm not leaving, you're not, you're, like, you'll be fine. And then in that, in that interaction, in that communication, uh, and the relationship, this jailer comes into Paul and goes, okay, Paul, like, let, I want to know more about Jesus. Like, how, how, do I, how, do I, how do I give my life to Christ? Now, this is in the Bible, folks. And this is the uh, interaction that Paul is experiencing again and again and again. And this is something that he never planned this is not what he expected, but this is something that God has done. And because he noticed this move of God in, his, in, in a place called the Philippi that he would never expect it, he knew that if God wanted him there and he was faithful to, these, uh, uh, to the church of Philippi to actually have them hear the word of God, would, he not would, he did not, would God not beat the, Philipp the church of Philippi now and it, in the terms of, in, in the struggle of their hardships and resistance, and not be with them and walk with them until they endure and, and uh, finish in the end. Right? That's where the confidence comes from. If God was the one that brought him there, and he was faithful to them, even though he had no idea, then God will finish it in the end. For example, there's a story about this uh, just that, happened, that just happened to me just this week. I had a phone call from a friend of mine in California. And just to let you know, this is a guy that I've been trying to reach and bring him to church for so many years. Um, and he would always tell me, and every time I would invite him to church, he goes, nah, peeves, I don't want to go to church. Because I know if I go to 180 and I stay in 180, I, um, God's going to do something in my life, and I don't want to do that. I was like, wow, okay. And so he's like, I'm going to go to California. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why everyone wants to run away from something. In New York, they run away to California. But somehow, it's the case. And so, so, I'm, so, be, so he's about to go to California. I'm like, yo, like, would, do you want to go to church at least before you go to California? And he goes, no. 
Because I know if I go to 180 again, and if I, and God's going to change my mind, and I'm going to want to stay. So this is the mentality and the focus that he uh, uh, and perspective that he has. And so he goes to Cali, and he goes to Cali for a year and a half, and then just he calls me this week, and he goes, "Peeps, it's like this is strange." He goes, "I've been praying for a couple of months," and he goes, "I don't know why I've been praying, but every time I pray." I, I see 180 and I, and I see God. And he's like, I don't know much about the spirituality stuff and I don't know about this God stuff, so is, am I just going crazy or is this, is, is this God? And then I asked him, I was like, well, why'd you leave in the first place? Because I wanted to run away from God as far as possible. And so what's happening now? He goes, I can't run away from God. You know, every time I pray, I see God calling me back to New York. And you know the crazy thing, peeps, is that even in California, all my friends are asking me about God. I can't run away from it. <laughs> I was like, God got you, sucker. <laughs> I said that. I was like, yeah, God got you. And, and I share this story because um, it, it shows a revelation about God's faithfulness. You know, like, the truth is for a lot of us, we fall short in many ways. We, short, we fall short in God's faithfulness. We, we fall short in our, and we fall in our weakness. We fall in our temptation. But what makes Paul so confident and what makes this so important and what makes this actually the good news that, is that in all the hardships and the difficulties and the resistance in our lives is not about our character. It's not about um, how strong or how good we are. It's all about how good and how strong God is. It's really about God's faithfulness. And, and even if when we are faithless, and even if we fall short, God is there to meet us and find us and rescue us in that place. And for that, to guys, for me, that's actually good news. Because it means that this gospel of grace has nothing to do with my abilities and my character. You know, there's actually uh, uh, an, an evidence study based uh, on Angela Duckworth, you know, it's called grit, right? And for those who have known that, for, for those who have uh, heard about that or read about that, the idea about uh, grit is that those that, people that succeed are the people that have this, this tenacity to actually endure with perseverance and passion. It's not necessarily about um, talent or about abilities, but it's actually the key ingredient is about the perseverance and the passion that you have long-term that will get people to succeed. And to be honest with you, when I read that for the first time, I was like, I'm doomed. Because I was like, I'm a millennial. I am soft as a marshmallow. I have no grit. I told you before, right? When I was 23, I wanted to quit 180 Fellowship. At 26, I wanted to quit ministry altogether. You know why I wanted to do that? Because I had no grit. You know, but you know what the grace of all that stuff that's going on when I, fall, I have fallen short and I, I'm full of weakness and I wanted to quit. By God's grace, he brought people in my life to help me and say, Fight, keep fighting. Keep pushing forward. When you are weak, we're, 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 here, we're here with you and God is with you. And I'm so glad I had people in my life that did that. I had people like Pastor Lydia, Dr. Sammy come in and, and kind of wake me up and through the, at, representing the voice of God that's saying, push through. For God is with you. When you, are, when you are weak, God is made strong. And I'm so glad that I did because if I didn't, 
I would not have seen so many people like you here today. And if it weren't for this, I would not have seen the work of God um, with so many miracles uh, moving and shaping in my life that has anchored me and strengthened me to come forward to this point where when there's hardships and difficulties and when things are raining and people are like, Peeves, how are you so optimistic? I'm like, I am optimistic, not because I had, like, I was just born with that kind of faith. It's because I've seen God move again and again and again in my life um, in those experiences. And that's what I'm inviting you guys to. In the midst of your struggles and in the midst of your hardships and in the midst of your resistance, and you might have not seen God move in your life, I want to encourage you guys to stick it through and see the evidence of God's faithfulness. You know, in the moments in your life where, you know, you've fallen short and you feel like God uh, and your mistakes are way bigger than God's cross, I want to say to stick towards God and see how he's actually going to move in your life because he is faithful. And so what is the second point about how we could endure and fight in the midst of our resistance um, and opposition is draw confidence from above. Your com- That's the good news of the gospel, guys. The good news of God is not about us. It's about Christ. Lean on Christ. Draw from Christ. And trust in Christ. Will you please stand with me? We're going to sing the song called Just a Time. And I think the song describes so well the process of coming to trust him and trusting him again. And you know, Pete gave a good picture of the enemy. And Jesus says that as well. He says that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But, everyone say but. But Jesus has come to give us life to the full. Amen. He has given us himself to walk with him. So I want to declare, you know, in the midst of fear sometimes, and opposition, and resistance, and attacks, it's easy to say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this, and I, you know, and to grow into fear. But, you know, the picture that God shows me um, is kind of like the video games of old, but new version. Of old, is kind of like there's a bad guy and a good guy, and you're just like, running and trying to get to the finish line that's like my generation but your generation is so high tech there's like so many different aspects right you could get this here i actually don't play but can you if you could imagine um you know and then it's more like a big race where we're all running together and some are running faster it seems and some are running slower some are on the ground and many runners here so you kind of know and then you see this person just running around and i think i've heard that in races they have people who come in alongside of you and encourage you right and um but it's like that the holy spirit doesn't just encourage one person who's doing well but whoever's falling and whoever's dropping and getting thirsty and running out the holy spirit comes and that's what it means to walk in him and to have the heart and the mind of christ he comes and encourages us picks us up he sends people to come and you know pick us up and to encourage you to keep running that's the faithfulness of god and he works in mysterious ways if you know what i'm talking about say amen but the truth is that we have to embark on this race each day and i thank god that his mercies are new every morning and the song definitely describes that and the process of us turning to him 
that's available to us in Christ Jesus. We're not, we're not made to just survive, but to thrive. So I want to declare before we sing this that God is faithful and greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. Amen? Father, we turn to you today. We thank you, God, for reminders time and time again, God, that there are no spiritual giants, that no one is born with the muscle to fully trust from the moment they say yes to you. But, Lord, that it's a race of trusting you and recognizing and realizing that you are greater than the one who is in the world, that you're greater than the temptations and that you're greater than the opposition in this world. Thank you, God, for that reminder. And that proves time and time again in our lives personally and collectively, God, that you are faithful. So we thank you again that there are no spiritual giants, God. This is just people who need God, who turn to you, find Christ, walking and running the same race that Paul, Abram, who became Abraham, and all the people who are so utterly lost, who turn to you time and time again built that altar to sincerely worship you, even in imperfection and immaturity, God. That's their story, and that is our story, God. We thank you, God, that we belong to you, and that the promise in you, God, is to not survive, but to thrive, Lord, for you have come to give us life to the full. So I pray this week, Lord, that we would turn to you, Lord, not because we feel strong, not because we think, whatever the case is, God, but because, Lord, we need you. And that, Lord, when we feel nourished and strengthened, that we would turn to you and that we would build an altar and give praise to you, God, for showing us that once again that you are faithful. And this process, Lord, somehow makes us faster as runners. feet in high places, Lord. It just really means that we're able to run through and up the hills and incline of all kinds because of his strength, his work in us, and as we turn to him. So I pray that you would turn to him this week. I'll give you a benediction. Father, we turn to you today and this week, and may the people of God and all those who seek you, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would be still and know that you are God. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. everyone we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today we want to invite you to join us for our sunday service we meet at the amc lowe's theater at 19th and broadway in manhattan at 12 noon and we'd love to see you guys there we also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests it's available at 5397prayer and at prayer at 180church.tv in the midst of life if you need prayer our team is available to lift you up in your struggles and we're always there for you 
You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv.